hey mike how's it going welcome back we were we got through easter and uh mm-hmm. we didn't record a podcast for easter but um hey i think we can be excused we had a lot going on <laughs> a little bit we had we had a few things a good uh, beach day hey that's awesome where'd you go i meant like for church oh right we were <laughs> we were i at forgot the beach. we were at the beach yes yes oh good it was fun. It was smooth. It went really well. Um, shout out to our team for making it happen. Yeah. And the Doms. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Doms for hosting. Mm-hmm. Always always awesome when we get to do church stuff on their beautiful property. So, yeah, good times. Um, no, but that's cool. Well, we got a lot to talk about this week, I think. Um, Mike, I did want to just read off this article that I found uh, in the New York Times. It says that... Uh, the title is, A Tiny Particle's Wobble Could Upend the Known Laws of Physics. Mm-hmm. I heard here, about this. Yeah, evidence is mounting that a tiny subatomic particle seems to be disobeying the known laws of physics, scientists announced on Wednesday, a finding that would open a vast and tantalizing hole in our understanding of the universe. The result, physicists say, suggests that there are forms of matter and energy vital to the nature and evolution of the cosmos that are not yet known to science so uh, you know i don't even need to read any further in this article to know that um they're talking about god so god is the the thing that is guiding all of this and also uh physics they've been making it up as they go along for now they're on the verge of being discovered as frauds um and uh yeah just uh we can just attribute the rest to god i think and and go on with our lives um I don't know. Got to the gaps. Got to so the gaps. I, yeah, I, I'm not going to read that article any further. That's just all I wanted everyone to know. I actually did try reading them. <laughs> I tried reading more of the article. I could not understand most of the language that they There's used actually, um, in that article, uh, that's coming out of a specific lab that, um, that made another discovery too recently on the, on the uh, topic of antimatter, which is really sick. Um, I've read it up on that one too. And what how is antimatter? It is essentially a... Um, you know, a, a subatomic particle that's the opposite charge of an atom. So oh. if there's an electron, right, it right. has a positron. Um, and so, and the problem with it is there's this asymmetry in the breakdown of the universe because mm. based on the theories we have at the Big Bang, there should have been as much antimatter as matter, but we, we see that it's not the case. And so we don't really know why there's this asymmetry of matter, but they were able to, with lasers, manipulate this antimatter thing and it was so it was pretty cool these guys have been working on it for like 25 years and finally had this breakthrough and then this came out mm-hmm. last week and so they're just being able to get to that place of of discovering some fundamental things like like you said there's some things that just don't even make sense in the standard model right now and how things are working which i think is like it's exciting actually if you're if you're into if not yeah. you should be as as creationists who believe that the creation matters and God made it this should be exhilarating at some level oh totally uh, that we're peering into the mystery and um and that like and again right they will say that we will eventually discover a theory of everything I I I beg to differ I think the the universe is much more complex than we give it um, credit sometimes as these things discover for us but um. But yeah, no, it's. I think it's exciting. It's really I mean, cool. it, it is always refreshing to me to see that like there's stuff that we just don't understand at all yet, and uh, I like I, I think there's there's always gonna be stuff that we don't understand about physics. I think I don't like they'll st- they'll slowly start to unravel more and more. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's lots left to 
find i mean i think of the, the one movie that was like heavily based on physics or like astrophysics or metaphysics even i don't know interstellar i don't know if you saw that yeah i did but, but like it, i mean i guess it was a pretty big movie a few years ago but like a lot of the stuff in that movie is like insane because i actually like show it like black holes and like even like these planets that they go to where like time mm-hmm. operates on a different different level yeah. yeah and it's like apparently this is all stuff that is like theoretically possible and and like is out there but it's just like it's like unbelievable like i i can't conceptualize it's that hard that to is actually yeah. out there right well it's it's because it breaks it breaks down um when we can't ex- when we don't have a reference for it right it's, it's beyond our normal experience right so though you can maybe eventually discover the maths of it like the fact that at certain speed or in a certain distance from from a black hole which like time slows down and light gets warped and and the idea of that relativity right of that that like how we experience the passing of moments changes based on physical factors right and mm-hmm. like it's just it's it's absolutely this one one scientist um i was listening to a, a, an interview by sometimes i listen to science podcasts um has a theory of like the world being 14 dimensions 14 things that can be measured because like mm. when we think of like dimensions we would think of like the twilight zone this like alternative right, universe whatever right. but dimension really is in, at least in his model just different ways of measuring right normally we have you know mass or, or distance or time right space time whatever he's like no there's 14 different rulers essentially you could measure the universe at at any point and just like even that alone breaks my brain like what what does that even mean mm-hmm. that there's these different layers of 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 measuring the universe right that that because we don't need them we don't need them to do what we do no, or if we do or if we do need them we are unaware of how much we actually need them to function so then it's almost like you know what i don't even know what like you know what i mean science in that sense has always been like i took physics all the way into college um and then after first year college i ended up just switching from completely into my philosophy and theology but um i love it i think it, i think it's i i i love i i think you know when when we really take an honest look at history and science right like it's no surprise that the scientific revolution and explosion in human history came um, in the wake of the church, mm-hmm. in the wake of education and awe at creation and in wanting to understand, right? The the starry host above and the you know the 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 oceans and the like. Just I it just it, it should be something for the Christian that we like we have wrongly given it away to the secular world. Yeah, and and has you know, and even I know you were joking, you know, but saying like clearly the mystery is God, and we've done that, right? We've just said, yeah. you know, what I don't want to peer in anymore. I don't want to. I don't. I don't break through right. the bubble. We're when a scared. Sometimes. Yeah, there, the, the, there's this amazing book. Um, it's a little bit heady if you're not used to reading philosophy, but it's like pretty popular level called "Where the Conflict Really Lies" by Alvin Plantica, and it goes into all this stuff and how you know science itself is is never like never at any point truly in conflict with faith right never and there there are some philosophical assumptions that are obviously naturalism versus you know spirituality is is clearly incompatible mm-hmm. um, but even he goes into like the probability theories and quantum mechanics and 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 like and the idea that like you know jesus 
could have used you know quantum mechanics to make the water into wine because he could have broke down the thing and rebuilt all, all like all these interesting things that like the more we realize about the universe and how it works and the probabilities of of our <laughs> particles doing what, what what they do it actually leads us more to this awe of God's presence literally at every singular point right then then away from it like even if you think about it right there's like these experiments done where two particles separated by 80 miles affect each other mm-hmm. right like, like that that has happened in in experiment right it's like yeah that, that that's nuts yeah that's that is insane and i mean it does like when you think about i think oftentimes as christians we even think about god as just like like we, we know the holy spirit's here like we like that we we know that in our head that he's in us. Mm-hmm. We don't. I don't think we maybe don't understand fully what that means. But mm-hmm. when you when you see stuff like this, and even just what you said about like fourteen different dimensions, it's like it's like well, no, God up. God is probably operating through physics, like through the known laws of the universe he's created, mm-hmm. and, and it's not. He's not like outside of that. It's just that there's so much more possible yeah. in with the physical laws that he's created than we even can understand. So well, apparently these particles are breaking them too, right? So it's like, hey, yeah. there, there, there are deeper things here, you know. And another mystery, another mystery is how bad the Raptors are this year. Can you believe, can you believe this? Like I, I'm going on the record and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I've been thinking about it and I, I think the Raptors should just tank at this point. Wow. I do. I do. Folks, I think they should try to get a, a better draft uh, selection. Well, the views and opinions expressed on the cast are those of the people expressing them and may not necessarily represent the views of Raptors fans or C3KW. So, Mike, I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I'm just going to pose a simple question to you. How does God, when he speaks to you, what does that look like? Um, we do believe God speaks to us, obviously. Um, and and so for us as what it's called charismatic believers, um, we would offer at least, at least two, if not three, if not four different ways God speaks. In my life, um, it, it has been obviously, and I say this like not tongue in cheek, truly, honestly, through his word that he's revealed, right? We have the scriptures, um, you know, uh, on Sunday, if you were with us uh, this past week, um, I talked a little bit at the beginning of the sermon about the nature of the Bible, it's the word of God. And like, we actually believe that this is God speaking to us and so we want to receive that word and that is devotionally that's through sermon writing uh things like that and in him you know as i'm in the word just it coming alive and, and being um something just amazing and so uh, like number one christians hear me like god speaks through his word but then 
I do believe God speaks to us in prayer. And so that's that that's my biggest one. I think like I'm not one who, you know, has readily got dreams and visions and things that God has spoken in in in, in the scriptures in, in, in different ways. Um, but definitely in prayer and, and it's and it's never like it's it's it, it's it's to me when when I know for sure God has spoken to me, it is it is an undeniable, what I would call thought or impression that like sticks and I can't shake. And then because we are good charismatics, we bring that to our spouses or someone we trust and we discern it together. Uh, but it usually is, just, it's, in, it's in the mind. It's almost like he just speaks into the uh, the thought pattern or the, or the thought train that I'm in and, and gives an idea. And it's usually when I'm trying to be silent and trying to be, um, pensive and, and before him and not filling my prayers with just lobbing things up it's taking the time and um, and speaking to me in, in those ways and then obviously the other one that it, that is that is major is uh, through people like we do believe God gives gifts to the church gifts of knowledge gifts of wisdom gifts of prophecy um, and that if God sometimes needs us to get a message sometimes he uses people like my wife you know or um, someone at church or a trusted, you know, friend who has those gifts, and we can and we can use them. And so, to me, it's it's those are the main three things that I believe God has spoken to me in my life through His Word primarily. Um, the the most major things have been through prayer, and then occasionally through, you know, prophetic words or, or words of knowledge from from people. So that's kind of how it goes for me. Um, and 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 yeah, like I've like I said, I've never really had a dream or a vision or you know, like some kind of auditory experience like I know some people have um, but but yeah that's kind of where uh, where it happens for me no that's great Thank, thanks for sharing that Mike that's uh, that is very in depth and I mean so it sounds like you'd say that there's a specific way that God speaks to you but it doesn't necessarily look like that for every single person all the time yeah no I actually do uh, think that I think I think that um the way I often the way I often process it right is it connects to a few different things it connects to I think um the gifts that God gives us right like through spiritual giftings like there are certain spiritual gifts that tend to um seem to have more of a sensitivity or an ear towards towards that kind of impression phretic word 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 of knowledge kind of speaking but like I said the only thing that is common and the only thing that we can ultimately discern and trust through is through the word right so every christian mm-hmm. has the word of god right for life we, we the way we say it right is this is this is the word god wants us to have we believe you know the truth of it is what he wants us to have and so we so we live in that um and then from that like like one of the things that i know and like i'll use my wife as a good example emily right the way that god often speaks to her outside of uh, outside of the word and through you know with obviously confirmation in the word but is is through repetition so a theme or an idea will come up. This happened to her just the other week um, where I had preached on something and then that night she read a book about that exact same thing and then the next morning her email devotional was on the exact same thing again. And she's like, okay, clearly God is trying to get my attention on some issue in my heart. And so she did. She went and prayed about it and uh, dug up some things and, and God got to work on her. And so, you know, I think there is that. I, I, I know people even in our church who have gotten like visions um, and, and dreams that have actually helped us, and we've we, and sometimes I'll go back and re-ask them, hey, any any dreams come up, any any visions come up, um, because we do believe God speaks, you know, to to His church in these ways. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are those moments that God surprises us, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, some people really connect to God in nature more than, you know, others. I think, I think having, having that sensation, it, you might, it might not be that God is speaking to you, but there's an awareness. I think that's right. the key thing, right? It's the awareness of the presence of God. And there are certain things that bring that up, right? Some people it's in worship. Some people like, you know, could sit in like literally the best worship service I've ever had and be unmoved. Maybe they're cold. Maybe they don't know Jesus. I don't know. But just like, you know, I could see it connects differently. But then that same person, right? And I say this obviously tongue in cheek, but then that same person, right? Like will we'll come and listen to the sermon and their mind is so, you know, enlivened that it's like God was, you know, in the truth of that. And, and like, and so like, I, I do think there's different, there are differences in how we ultimately connect to God in that way. Um, but there are, traditions and i think there are good boundaries for this right like god but but then but then you know I, i'm going to say this and i'm going to say it lightly okay so so there are boundaries and there are traditions and what i mean by that is again i've said it probably too many times but i think it's for clarity's sake the word of god is the way he's revealed himself so whatever you think you heard mm-hmm. if it does not get confirmed or line up with with the obvious reading of scripture right you probably heard wrong you know god did not tell you to sleep with your girlfriend or mm-hmm. you know like leave your wife that's like right. god doesn't do that mm-hmm. um and so so there's that then it's through his people right like god speaks through through the community um giftings encouragements all those different things god speaks to us in prayer and then in prayer that can look in different ways like i said visions and, and impressions and thoughts and, and whatnot um and I would say within those three, like that's a good traditional boundary. Like somehow in that space, God will speak to you. But then you read the scripture and God like uses a donkey, right? <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. you know, God can speak to us any way he wants to. Like um, like this this might sound completely cheesy, okay? Um, but just, just and, and, and I'm not saying that like, it's 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 revelation or anything like that like we we can get into revelation in just a minute how every charismatic thinks they need a new fresh revelation mm-hmm. but um but like there's this show it came out about it came out a year ago um on the life of jesus it's called the chosen i don't know if you've ever seen this show yet i haven't um, seen it it's like free it. on youtube in any way it's it's an eight season multi-episode telling basically of generally following the book of john but like life of jesus and this thing is it is the best representation of life of Jesus I've ever seen in my life. Like to the point where like I'm weeping as I'm watching it. Like I'm not even kidding. Like I, uh, we, we started watching it this past week. Um, and during the day, I'll be thinking of like a, 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 one of the scenes or I'll be thinking of like just the emotions that I had. And like I'll start weeping sitting on the couch just like wanting to be with Jesus just because just the way that they portray Jesus is just so beautiful. Like obviously it's, it's, it's a, it's a artistic telling of the story and they're trying to get into the nuance and the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it literally is so beautiful. Um, there, there's actually this, I don't know if you heard this, Sam, the, the upon Friar review on YouTube. Um, I haven't heard it. No, there's these two friars that, uh, you know, just review pop culture things. Actually, I'll shout out Daniel Plato. He he sent me them. Great, great little YouTube channel. Anyways, they did a review of The Chosen. 
and yep. just like seeing them respond to it and how beautiful like it just it was it was like I actually cried watching their response video because uh, just like just the way that they captured the emotion of this one scene with the leper anyways so like do I think God was speaking to me and giving me revelation in there I don't I wouldn't say he speak to me but he was using that to like do something in my heart like like legitimately where like mm-hmm. I was almost just being captured again by the mercy of God and and so, like, I'm not saying, so for everyone who's going to be, like, jumping on me, like, I'm not saying the chosen is God speaking. It's not what I'm saying. Um, but but God used it to bless to bless me in, in, in a real way. And, um, and and Emily, too. And Emily, too. Sometimes, like, this sounds so cheesy. But, like, we were, like, one time we, we just turned and looked at each other. And we were both just weeping and just, like, appreciating just this Jesus that we worship and um, and the beauty of him. Because he is, he is ultimately glorious and just unfathomably wonderful but um but so can god use these things to like affect us 100 percent um i think a problem with the charismatic church i think this is where you know you and i when we were talking wanted to maybe take this a little bit it's like our obsession with hearing god speak mm-hmm. and and not in like i want to hear the word of god but like i want like i said have that fresh revelation i want to have that direction i want to i want god to give me that next step more I find, and this is just Mike taking a hot take, and it could be wrong, but I find that charismatics want that more for control than submission. Mm. They want to know the next step versus right. follow in faith. Right. And and because it is a sense of control at that point. Like mm. I know what's coming, so I can I can walk in confidence. At that point, it's not right. really faith any longer. Mm. Um it, it's a different thing. It's still submission if you walk in it, obviously, but I don't think we want to hear that um in the same way because like you know, like even some of some of the charismatic churches are less like let's open the word and you know find that fresh re- re- revelation and and legit God speaks new things into us and you know and and I think uses His word and we and we mine the depths of it like you know mm-hmm. for this past sermon I was doing I was um, I I dabbled in some Aquinas for it. And some of the things that he's pulling out and just the little nuances and whatever, I would have never thought of. I would have never right. picked up and thought that. And, and do I agree with all his commentary? Probably not. Making Maybe making some mountains out of molehills. But like seeing the beauty and the depth of scripture new and afresh, right, is, is mm-hmm. amazing. But like my thought is like if that's not sufficient, yeah, like why do you need a fresh word every, every minute? Because I bet you haven't obeyed the last one yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that is definitely where I wanted to go with this that for sure, Mike. Is that I I wonder if like some of the ways that we want to hear from God are like contrary to the way that like He wants us to obey Him. Even mm-hmm. so, so you you definitely raised a good point there. Um, like I, a thing that I've thought about a lot is that God reveals Himself to a lot of people in the Bible. But there's also a lot of people he didn't reveal himself to most that, of in the a, people. Yeah, most of the people. And so I don't I think we make a normative thing out of like exceptional circumstances hmm. in scripture. Whereas like the scripture itself, like there there is so much I learn every time I open the Bible and so much I reflect on. Like I'm reading Exodus, which like has like very little direct applicability to my life, and yet I still get so much out of it every time i read it about you know you know where do i see where do i respond the way the people of israel responded in, in so these then, moments well, right? well maybe like, maybe um just to sit on that for just a minute because i think i think you're right 
And but I think that people maybe don't always know how. Yep. Right. Because that's, like, that's probably very true. Because even for me, like I'll read through the Old Testament sometimes and be like, man, I just I just want to skip all this. And like I'm a pastor, I'm supposed to know this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so like Sam, so when you're reading Exodus, um, what are what are some of the questions you're asking yourself to like help you enter into the text? I well actually like the way I've been reading Exodus and actually the Bible in general lately is like I I got a Bible that I just had lying around and so and I've never d- gone through the Bible this way before but like highlighting all the stuff that I that stands out and is interesting to me like I'm not highlighting like Jeremiah 29 like, like I'm highlighting like everything that I think is like interesting or notable or like is a pattern that I maybe see elsewhere and I'm just trying to like connect a lot of dots and so Cause like the Bible is like a grand, it, it's like, it, it's a, all the individual books are like self-contained narratives somewhat, but it also, it's all like this larger thing and there's themes and motifs mm-hmm. that kind of you see throughout it. And it should not feel like a work of like a bunch of contradictions. Like it should feel like it's something that's like a greater whole and, and it all works together. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to see th- the whole of scripture, the whole mm. thing that it's trying to say as I'm reading it right now. And I'm also the, a, a very important way that you read scripture too, I think is not always identifying yourself with like the hero of the story or the person who mm-hmm. got who, the person who was obedient or the person who did things right. It's seeing yourself Rarely. in the people. Yeah. It's, it, it, I'm trying to see myself in the people that, screwed up and did things wrong and disobeyed God. And, um, <laughs> cause it, you know, this, I'm not God. I'm not the hero of the story. I am the sinner that God came to save. And, uh, and so, so in every story like that's, that dynamic is pretty much, it's pretty much always present. And so, mm-hmm. always so, stuff like, I so it seems that. like a, the, the, there's a question of, um, like where, where do I find myself similar to the way these people are acting? Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of finding yourself in it because you're right. Like the way that the modern church reads the story leads us to, to actually much more burden mm-hmm. because we make ourselves the hero and then we go live life and we're never the hero. Yeah. And we, and we wonder why we don't live up or whatever. In fact, um, you know, we're recording this on a Saturday night. So, we're, I'm, we're about to do church tomorrow and I'm re, pre- preaching a sermon on the woman caught in adultery. Mm. And at the and at the end of it, one of my application points, and so if you're listening to this, hopefully you've talked about this with, with your connect group or you've thought about it, was who are you in the story? And one of the points I make is that you're not Jesus, by the way. <laughs> like yeah. you aren't the one who's forgiving sin and being merciful and receiving this woman. Like you're not him. We, we want to become like him, but you're not him, right? You're not supposed to be him. And we read the Bible in the West, especially today, as, you know, I'm clearing out the woman called adultery. I'm Jesus. I need to go and forgive people. No, you need to be forgiven first and then pray that the transformation happens to become like him. And mm-hmm. and so I think that's a great way of reading the Bible, Sam, and thinking like, how do I how do I relate with the um, the less beautiful parts of this story? Um, and in and, and doing what, what what you're doing with kind of the the trends or the or the motifs, I think is really powerful. One of the things that Tim Keller said to do when he reads the Bible is not always read it slowly. Sometimes you take a break and you got to read it fast, mm-hmm. right? So you get like the big picture, the thirty thousand foot view, and you see some of these motifs being hit. Like 
Um, I'm doing the Bible in 90 days. I'm not on track, by the way. I'm <laughs> quite behind. Um, but like, I just pounded through Isaiah in like, you know, I think two two days or something. Um, oh, I'm going to do that with X, uh, with uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So <laughs> Yeah, and it's supposed to be over like four or five days. I just I just shrunk it all in, did all 66 chapters, um, driving like audio Bible style. Mm. And one of the big things I picked up is that God is judge and redeemer. Like that, the language of redemption, of I'm your redeemer, I'm the one who redeemed you, and that he's going to judge the earth. Like huge, huge themes that if you got into the minutia, I'm sure you'd pick up. But just mm-hmm. hearing the overview of it, you're like, wow, God truly is the, the redeemer of his people. And so I think those overarching ones are, are, are huge for us. Um, but back to the base of this conversation um, is that, yeah, I think... I think we we somehow become unsatisfied with the word. Yeah. And, and, and like, I love how you said that, that we make exceptional things the, uh, I, I remember how you said the it. The normative made, made, thing. The normative thing. And I think that's true. Because here's the thing about the Bible that we forget, right? Like, we, like, I can read it in 90 days, but it was written over 1,500 years. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even the life of, the, of Paul, right? Like, the Acts of the Apostles covers about i think it's 30 years of history and Mm. we can read it in an afternoon and think like paul just went from place to place to place and place and everyone got saved and it's like no he was like grinding out two years in ephesus and a year and a half in corinth and whatever and going like and being beat up and um and we and was in the was in what the desert of damascus for what 15 years or something and and like it's not as action-packed as we often read it to be like it, it being a christian is an adventure yeah is 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 the wildest adventure of your life where you're humbled and you're emboldened and you're full of beauty and wonder and terror all like it's 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 mission it's everything but but we often i think at least i did growing up and i know if anyone grew up in kind of the charismatic evangelical go save the world right now place it often comes from the book of Acts and things where we're like reading 30 years of history in a minute and thinking like, why is my life not like that? Um, and and we tend to take, you know, what is uh, descriptive, right? And, and, and make it normative, as you said. And like God spoke audibly or, or even through the prophets, right? To, sp- to specific people in specific times, specific places, Um and yes, by His Spirit, right? This we we're we're going to get to this in the Book of John in our church, right? Where who the Holy Spirit is and how He leads us in the old truth and reminds us of everything that Jesus taught. And so there is that inner witness, right? That inner mm. testimony of the Holy Spirit that um, is real. And that's why I think you can't ignore that as we pray and as we um, are in silence and solitude in the Word. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Like the one thing that is true is God is a speaking God. Right, he. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I, I would preach this. He is always speaking. We aren't always listening. Mm-hmm. Our ears can be shut up, right? Yeah. In pride and in 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 ignorance and in in, in distraction and so many different things. Uh, but I think I think we want the high. Yeah. Sometimes more than we want the word. Yeah. Yeah, I I think a lot of us too. Like what you said about spiritual gifts is really really important too. Like I don't, I, for a long time in my life, like I doubted, I probably, there's probably been times I've doubted my salvation or like doubted my, um, 
you know, whether I'm just a good Christian or not, because I don't feel like God speaks to me in those really extraordinary ways. Hmm. I And I've had to learn to become okay with the fact that God's given me the Bible. Um, he's given me the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. Like my conscience is going gonna, is gonna to tell me a lot um, because I've got the Spirit in me. Um, and he's given me people that are gifted in that way that can speak to me. Um, you know, those gifts that do build up the church. And I need to listen to those um, as well as the word and as well as the Holy Spirit within me. And and it's okay if I don't if I don't prophesy or if I don't mm. know you know know my future. Um, but you know, I, I God God just wants me to be faithful and obedient in in how He has gifted me. So 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 Sam, you you mean you're telling me that Paul may have been right when he said that you know there's one body but many members and not everybody's a mouth and not everyone's an eye and we actually need each other <laughs> so true so true actually so like i had a big decision in my life to make this week and mm-hmm. um i i called my dad he was the first person i called because he's someone who who does have the gift of discernment and um even in at some points words of knowledge um he's had before and I just, I wanted to tell him immediately so that he could be praying about it and listening to the Holy Spirit about it. And if, uh, if there was anything he needed to tell me before I made the decision, um, I, I was able to trust that, that he would. And, um, yeah, that, that, it's just a great comfort to have those gifts and those other parts of the body available to you, mm-hmm. uh, as a member of the church. Oh, hundred percent. And I think, you know, what this does, and this is going to hurt some people, is it moves you away from individualistic faith. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you are not a Christian unto yourself. We are unto God, and we are born into the family. And I think the reason why we want to be the hero, we need fresh revelation, we need to be in our bedroom by ourselves, is because it's actually all about me. It mm-hmm. needs to be through me and for me and from me. And it's like, no, that's all to Jesus. And and I need to rel- I need to have the humility. And this is tough, even as a church leader, right? Like Sam and I, you and I are serving the same team for our church um, and trying to lead the church through through the men leads. And like, we all, like, we one person can't do what all of us are doing, mm-hmm. right? And we know that practically, yep. right? And so, so when Paul writes about these things, like you said it perfectly, there's people with gifts that, that are... In, in the choice of the Holy Spirit, right, in his grace, Paul says, right, are given these gifts for the good of the church, for, for, for the benefit of the church and glory of God, and that we need to be humble enough to receive those things from them mm-hmm. and go ask, like I said, go ask someone to pray and say, hey, come and, and discern with me. And, and, and yes, I do believe every individual Christian with the Holy Spirit in them can hear that from God and, and God d- does what he wants. You know, no, no buts. Or whatever. Um, however, we just need to remember that we are not all things, and and God's given us a family, and God speaks through His family. He speaks in the Word, through His family, and to us individually. And I think we need to remember that even that pattern. So, Mike, um, we we did talk about words of knowledge this week. Uh, Mike, could you clarify a little bit for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with all the spiritual gifts? Kind of what is meant when we say words of knowledge. 
Yeah, when you know, if you've ever been to a semi-charismatic church today, Pentecostal church, whatever, um, you've probably heard someone say, I "Have a word of knowledge," or you know, "Have a prophetic word." And and in our church, we um, we kind of define these things in very specific ways um, from Scripture, what we believe is of Scripture, and through our theology. And so. Um, when we talk about the gift of a word of knowledge or the gift of knowledge, what we specifically mean is that through the Holy Spirit's revelation to someone with this gift, um, they, they have been given information or knowledge about a situation or a person that otherwise they would have no reason knowing. So it's, it's a gift of insight. It's God revealing to the church that he is aware of, of the people, right? It's, it's, not, it's not a communal word. It, it's not a... A directional thing of like here's what you need to go do it's just hey is this going on here's what's happening i, I know this thing and it's meant to encourage in, in some cases it's meant to protect um and even others meant to rebuke and but it's a specific word to an individual person um that god gives somebody and um in and, and it, yeah it, it's it's not how do i say this properly it, it's not um it's not the be-all and end-all of all giftings, number one. And number two, it is a very specific thing that the Spirit does to make us aware that He is aware of us, that He cares for us. Um, and so if someone were to come up to you and say, hey, I think I have a word of knowledge, right? Um, and, and they say, you know, hey, I, you know, you, you've been struggling with this or, hey, God wants you to know that when this situation happened or, you know, when the, whatever this happened, you know, when you were... X amount of age or whatever like specific thing could be. Here's what you do. You say, thank you. I appreciate that word. And then you go pray about it, right? Because we are, we are human and, and we might get parts of it wrong, to be honest. And now there are those in the non-charismatic world who will say, you know, if you're from the Lord, you're never going to get anything wrong, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Um, even, even in scripture, we see in the New Testament prophets like Agabus get slight details <laughs> wrong. But the, the thing being ultimately a proven real. And so, you know, because I've seen the danger of this. I have been in the camps where this goes like haywire. And people start saying they have prophetic words and words of knowledge that are just damning and demeaning and, 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 and just shameful. And like, that's not what they are. Um, God does not condemn, right? Through Christ, he saves, he redeems. So so a word of knowledge, it, the gift of knowledge is, is that God gives people at certain times, not all the time, not every time, right? But at certain moments, certain people, insight and knowledge and things they should never know about in their own their own mind mm -hmm. and he does it for the for, for, for the church yeah and as a kind of counterbalance to to maybe some of the horror stories that you have heard about i did want to like share like a really cool play way that i've seen this play out um we were at a church conference one time um you could say the spirit was was really in the room in that moment mm -hmm. um and i was praying with um one of our one, one of my friends um at the church conference there, we were both praying together, kind of confessing some sins to each other and, and really just, yeah, just uh, laying it all out, getting it all out before the Lord. And um, a girl uh, who knew my my friend had been like way, way far away on the like different side of the room. And she came over after we had finished praying and and said, hey, can I can I talk to you? And um, And he told me after that she had like said, to him that I know you're struggling with with this sin right now, the, this this specific sin, and um, 
you know, she she gave him some words of encouragement and and maybe uh, maybe maybe a word of conviction too. And um, mm-hmm. uh, there's no way she would have known it. She hadn't seen him in like a long time. They had known mm-hmm. each other from like something years ago, and um, like it was just an amazing moment where like clearly the Holy Spirit had been speaking to her and gave her a word for him, and uh, you know it was legit. So mm-hmm. so it is awesome cool. when it does happen. Amen.